What is up, y'all? This is John and Wes back for another episode of the Nothing Finer podcast. And we have said this before, but this really is the one we've all been waiting for. It is <laughs> the pre-Peach Bowl episode. Let's go. Playoff, semifinal, Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl for the game against an Ohio State University suck eyes because everybody gets the smoke especially if you think you're better than you are yeah you're not no, i'm just kidding you are good but we'll see we'll see let's go um i mean just go to go to our guy caleb tillman's instagram ugafb memes there's a total of 14 universities in ohio you're, you're not the ohio not state university you're you're one of 14 you're not supposed to tell people who runs meme pages. It's supposed to be a I secret. Mean, I'll I'll uh, I'll bleep that out. <laughs> I'll bleep that out. Supposed to be a secret. Um. So in this episode, I'm sure you guys know we're going to do our absolute best to preview this game against the team that made their the playoffs without even playing in their conference championship game. This is what, like, the second time since the playoffs that's happened? Bama and Ohio State, the two yeah. teams that have all of the benefit of the doubt. There's none left yeah. for anyone else. <laughs> um, Before we get started, what are you drinking tonight? Um, Once again, I don't know the name of it. The Aberfieldy, the scotch with the coffee and the, and the Dr. Pepper. I, don't, I can't remember what it's called. It's Dr. Good. Pepper, the barbecue sauce of sodas. Oh, it's my favorite. It's always been too sweet for me. I don't know. Dude, I love it. Dr. Pepper pulled pork, though, is good. You get a Dr. Pepper, you get a, a pork, you put it in the crock pot, you pour some Dr. Pepper in there. It's good. Did you, you just say, it. did you just say crock pot? Yeah. Wes. Westifer. <laughs> what? That's not pulled pork. Why? Because it's not a smoker? Yes. I'm learning. Look, <laughs> once you move back down to uh, God's country. <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be in the armpit of God's country. Right. Columbia's like two hours, like two and a half, three hours from the house. Look, you get me on base so I can go to the class six. I got you. And then, you know, in between cycles, I'll come up there and show you how to actually cook food. Oh, dude, I can get you on base. It's too easy. No, I... Stuff we talked about off-air, but I am very close to getting my all my stuff approved to be able to get on base without needing help. Oh, but nice. Who the fuck is this hippie, but... <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. Um, well, I mean, we're just gonna we're just going to jump right into it here. First, we're going to talk about Ohio State's defense. And in my opinion, you cannot have an honest conversation about Ohio State's defense without talking about the level of competition in Big 12 offenses. Yes. And just like, yeah, everybody's going to have a good defense or everybody's going to have a good defense when eight 
of the opponents you've played are in the hundreds for total offense, you know, and that's just kind of is what it is there. Um, But the average rank of opposing offenses that Ohio State has played this season is, drum roll, 85.3. God dang. The average rank of offenses that Georgia has played this season, 60.9. Top half of the country. Yeah. Top half of the country. So the number of defenses or offenses that Ohio State has played this season that are in between 100 and 130, five. The number that they have played that were between, we'll just call it 66 and 100 because that's like the bottom half. Um, They've played a total of eight offenses in the bottom half of the country. Nice, nice. And because they didn't play a conference championship game, once again, they have played four offenses that were not in the bottom half of the country. All right. So the Big Ten is – I truly think that you can make an argument that the Big Ten – May have been the worst conference in college football this year, but but I did see a post, and um, apparently Ohio State played the number one defense and put up fifty four points on them against Iowa. So I mean, so they put up fifty four points against Iowa, but in that game, their average starting field position was on Iowa side of the field. <laughs> oh, wait, we're talking about the defense anyway, so that doesn't matter. Um, yeah, no. The one true test they had was Michigan, and dear God. And don't get me wrong, Ohio State's defense, and we're going to get into it here in a minute. Um, yeah, we'll just get into that when we get to it, because I've got that down here too. But going to the defenses, or the offenses that Georgia has played this season, just a little compare and contrast at the start. Georgia has played five top 50 offenses this season. Right? Five top 50 offenses this season. And Georgia has allowed a total of 88 points in those five games. That's good. That's good. Ohio State's defense has played against two. Or, no, wait, hold, let me, let me read. Yeah, two top 50 offenses. Would you like to take a guess at how many points they allowed in those two games combined. Let's go with 85. 76. Uh, They allowed 76 points in those two games. You couldn't add any two games up that Georgia has played this season where they allowed a total of 76 points. I, I I get it. We're talking about one defense against one offense right now, but that's just that should be a glaring stat when someone tries to talk about how good this Ohio State team is. To me, you know, yeah. So something that 
I have come to realize when watching this Ohio State team, because I've gone back and watched a lot of their games over this last week, Ohio State is really a more talented, more physical Tennessee. Yes, and I've been saying that. And when you go back and watch it, it's it's extremely obvious. Like, if you watch these two teams play side-by-side, Ohio State's defense is extremely aggressive. Yeah. Extremely aggressive, and not necessarily in a good way. Yeah. Because all of Michigan's uh, explosive plays were because Ohio State's defense is so aggressive that once the ball is snapped, if they think it might be a run, everybody's coming for the running back. Everybody. And what happens if it's a play-action pass, like Michigan State or Michigan did multiple times, 60, 70-yard touchdowns, it's over. Because you got one guy to beat because the safeties are coming downhill as fast as they can trying to stop that run game. So one good thing about this Ohio State defense is when it comes to passing, they are ranked second in the nation – and pass defense against tight ends and running backs, which is primarily what Georgia does, is hit the tight ends and hit the running backs. But one big thing, they are ranked, well, it's either 119th or 129th in the nation. I know there's a one and a nine in a third number somewhere. I can't remember if it's 19 or 29. Uh, against wide receivers and pass defense. So – Here is the counter to that, right? What good running backs or wide receivers has Ohio State played against this year? Oh, that's what I'm saying. Like, so tight ends, like, so, yeah, I don't know. They're ranked in pass defense against tight ends and running backs, which is what Georgia does. But they haven't faced tight ends like Darnell, Brock, you know, the list goes on. Fuck, yeah, Delta. and no, and that's that's kind of my point, is that they haven't, like, Penn State, they only threw one pass to a running back the entire game. Yeah. And Michigan, the only team to beat Ohio State this year, they had two passes to a running back the entire game. Ohio State's defense has not played an offense that – executes the same way Georgia's does. And that's not just on how well they execute. That's not just on the level of players. That is all of the above. Yeah. It's the level of players. Georgia's recruited just as well, if not better than every other team in the country over the last six years. They execute better than just about anybody else. They have the best tight end room of all time in Athens. And an Ohio State team where they have Brian Erlacher-esque linebackers and <laughs> safeties that can't cover in space to save their lives is expected yeah. to stop Brock Bowers? No. Oh, okay. So they're gonna put they're gonna put a corner on Darnell Darnell Washington? Six foot seven Darnell Washington? No. Kenny McIntosh, who has led the team in receiving in multiple games, is going to get stopped by a guy named Tommy Eichenberg. 
We had a conversation about him earlier. Yeah. And he's great against the run. Don't get me wrong. He's great against the run because just like Tennessee's defense, just like Clemson's defense, as soon as that ball is snapped, they are triggering to the line of scrimmage. Yeah. You get somebody three or four yards past the line of scrimmage, say, you know, you get Kiaris on a little drag route. You sneak, you sneak Kenny out of the backfield, have him just do an angle route to right on the other side of the line of scrimmage and Stetson can stay alive long enough to hit him. There's nobody within 15 yards of him. Yeah. No, I see the receivers having a heyday or having a having a day. I think AD's gonna AD's coming back, Lad's coming back. Like I told you that I told you that a few weeks ago, right around yeah. um a few weeks ago, I actually I ran into Warren McClendon's uncle in in a store and he saw me wearing a Georgia shirt and he started talking and he was like, Oh yeah, my nephew plays for the team. I was like, Oh yeah, who is he? He's like, Oh, you know Warren McClendon? I was like, Yes, yes, I know who Warren <laughs> McClendon is. Absolutely. Um and he said last time he talked to Warren, which was around Thanksgiving, or no, not Thanksgiving. Um no, it was just a few days before I talked to him. Warren said that everybody on the team that is not like surgically repaired is healthy. They said oh, yeah. they're playing in the game. Okay. So that means you got AD back at full strength. That means you got Kendall at full strength. That means you got um, Arian Smith at full strength. Yeah, Lad at some kind of strength. <laughs> no, Lad's gonna be back. Lad's gonna be close to one hundred percent. He'll be back as close as he can be, considering he's been yeah. hurt literally all year. Yeah, I did. I'm so excited. Um. Back to the stats, because I got I got a lot of those. I got a lot of those. You love numbers. I love numbers because the thing is I can I can look at the numbers and no matter what my anxiety and no matter what my emotion is telling me, I can look at the numbers and say two plus two equals four. Yeah. Period. Numbers don't lie. Numbers do not lie. And so, with how aggressive Ohio State's front seven is, and I mean, it, in reality, it's more of a front six because they play a four-two-five defense. Yeah, which talked about it in uh, in football one hundred and one this summer. But a four-two-five defense, they have four down linemen, two linebackers, and then they're going to have five defensive backs on the field, and that's their base package. You can't um, have that against this Georgia team. I agree with you for the most part. And so the run game is going to be absolutely huge for Georgia in this game. And I say that because Ohio State's starting defensive line is good. Like they defend against the run well. They are very good. The problem is they don't rotate guys like Georgia does Yeah, on the defensive front. So just like, I mean, just like every other game where we have this conversation, first quarter, you might get one to two yards of carry. Second quarter, you might get two or three. But the third and fourth quarter is where boys become men or boys go home. Yep. And not only the running backs, but with how aggressive their defense plays, if, if, so anytime you rush the passer, you create natural running lanes along the offensive line. 
because when you rush upfield, the offensive line is trying to get you beside the quarterback. And what has Stetson shown us this year if you give that guy a lane? He's taking it. He's taking it. Yeah. And he may only get five, six yards of carry, but that goes first and ten to second and five. Yeah. So along that, I see a lot more designed runs for Stetson in this game. Like I can see a lot of quarterback draw, and once again, I don't. I don't even think I went over this in our football one hundred and one over the summer. But you know, you take the snap, you drop back a little, and then as soon as they start rushing upfield, you find a lane and you take off. That's quarterback draw because you're drawing them in like it's a pass, and then you're running the ball is what it is what it is. Um, but it's inevitable. That I mean, that's what Michigan did. They did a lot of running back draws because J.J. McCarthy is really their only experienced option at quarterback right now, especially after Cade McNamara is out and transferred. Um, Iowa. Iowa to play in a something that's a disgrace to call an offense. <laughs> um, so along the lines of Georgia breaking through in the running game late in the game, Ohio State allowed over 100 yards rushing in the fourth quarter alone against Michigan. And we've talked about it. Every rushing statistic, Georgia is equal to or better than Michigan along the offensive line. Yeah. Playing in the SEC and not arguably one of the worst conferences in college football. Just just putting that out there. But I can see all the running backs – having a great game in the second half. As long as they can hold on to the fucking ball, because that seems to be their issue. That's been mostly Kenny, though. A little bit Dejan, which is why in the fourth quarter, the last few weeks, you've seen a lot more Kendall. Yeah. Because Kendall's a big boy. He can take a hit and keep going. Yeah. And going along this fourth quarter defensive route – Ohio State has allowed a total of 83 fourth-quarter points this season. Georgia has allowed a total of 43 fourth-quarter points in the regular season. Jesus. And at least half of those games where other teams scored points in the fourth quarter was because it was against the second-string defense. Yeah, it was garbage time. Garbage time. Like – Georgia Tech scored seven points against the second-string defense. Kentucky was doing the same shit they did last year where, into the game, we're going to go down the field and get a pity touchdown. Pity touchdown. A pity down. (laughs) All right, so another major difference that I see between Ohio State and Tennessee's defenses are that Tennessee plays a lot of press man coverage on the outside – with mediocre defensive backs, right? While Ohio State gives a little bit of a cushion, right? Like Tennessee is up on the line of scrimmage trying to get hands on them, but Ohio State is going to give you a little bit of cushion to be able to have time to react. Yeah. Where I think Georgia can take advantage of that is Ohio State doesn't have guys that can keep up with Arian Smith or that has the footwork of Ladd McConkey, or – 
or none of their defensive backs have the physical ability to go up and get a 50-50 ball like A.D. Mitchell does. No. None. And and I think A.D. being back to as close to 100% as possible is going to be huge because after a first few plays where he gets big where he gets big time catches yeah that that double that double cover is going to shift off a lad and go right to AD and every defensive play is going to be shifted that way and then you know just I don't I don't know Todd Monk and I've never talked to the guy but if I was him if I was him every single time where they shifted a safety towards AD Mitchell I would have one of the running backs come out of the backfield on the opposite side. I would have Brock Bowers come across the formation right before the snap and go to that side, force them into showing what they're going to do. So do you think they're going to double-team Lad and leave Brock one-on-one? No. I think they're going to – like I said, I don't, I don't know anything, right? I have a lot of inklings. I have a lot of thoughts. I have a lot of assumptions. Yeah. And if I were Ohio State's defense, the one thing that has put Georgia's offense through a little bit of a struggle this season, he's cover two where you got two safeties, and then you simulate pressure and drop one of your linebackers into coverage against the running back or tight end. Yeah. That's what's given Georgia trouble this season. The problem is – I don't think after that Michigan game, Ohio State is confident enough in their running defense to to think that they can stop Georgia without bringing someone down in the box to stop the run game. Yeah. I just – like I said, guys, I don't don't know these coordinators. I don't know these people. I just watch a lot of football, and these are my thoughts. But I can tell you that if I was Ohio State's defense, I would do a cover two zone, like a pattern match zone. So when, like when A.D. Mitchell comes in your zone, you follow his route. And then when he gets out of your zone, you hand him off to the next guy instead of saying, hey, you know, you know, I know you just got burned by a, by a guy at Michigan that had like a total of 200 yards on the year until he got 200 yards against you. Um but I need you to go cover a guy that just straight burned Alabama's defense in the national championship game last season. <laughs> like that that's what I need you to do. I think yeah. that's going to end up poorly for them. Yeah. No, Cause if you got to bring a safety down in the box and you're telling your DBs to go one-on-one against AD or Brock. It's not happening. It's, it's not going to go well. Let's yeah, just say that. They're definitely going to play zone. And so something else that I think Ohio State's defense has going against them, the only defensive lineman they have that's over 300 pounds is their nose tackle. Yeah, that's not going to bode well for them at all. No. And their nose tackle is like 315. Yeah. (sighs) You'd figure Big Tim would be corn-fed boys because, you know, the Midwest, but. Yeah, and I, I mean, even even um, their linebackers, like they're big and they're physical, but they're kind of short. Yeah. 
Like, if you truly expect Tommy Eichenberg at like 5'11, six foot, or the other inside linebacker at right <laughs> around six foot, bro, just literally throw it up. Darnell's <laughs> hand out, outstretched over his head is taller than that man's vertical. I mean, look what they did last year in the SC Championship game with Darnell. Like, dude didn't even jump in the end zone against Alabama. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You do, you just put him on the end of the line and say, just just kind of be over there. Yeah. I mean, look what happened last time Georgia faced a Big Ten team that everyone said was going to, you know, give him a fight. Run the damn am ball, I, right? Yeah. Am I, am I saying they're going to blow Ohio State out? No, I think it's going to be a good game, but I don't think – yeah. I don't I mean, think anyone on this Ohio State defense has the size and speed combination to match up with Brock Bowers. No, not at all. And Georgia loves to use that screen game early in the game with Brock. Yep. So something else that I very much see happening is a lot of tight end screens early in the game where Ohio State's trying to get to Stetson and Brock's just on a little bubble screen or, you know, a couple yards downfield and gets the ball with the receivers blocking. Because Ohio State's defensive backs cannot shed blocks. No. This is something that there's no real stat for, but if you watch the game against Penn State, you watch the game against Michigan, you watch the game against Maryland, if an Ohio State defensive back is being blocked by a wide receiver that is willing to block, you're getting 10 yards out of the play. Yeah, I mean, not even just a bubble screen to Brock, a bubble screen to Lad. Yeah. Like, a little quick yeah. wide receiver screen to Lad, and he's gone. Yeah, I, they don't have, like I said, they don't have that size, speed combination that any of their guys is going to be able to consistently stop this offense. No. You ready to move on to Ohio State's offense? Yeah, we can, we can do it. I have nothing else to say against their defense except good luck. <laughs> All right. So, with this, we're going to kind of start on the flip side. We're going to talk about a few positives for Ohio State's offense, right? Heisman finals quarterback. Granted, I think there are other quarterbacks that should have been there in his place. He was still a Heisman finalist. They've had some opt-outs, right? They still do have their season leader in rushing yards and their season leader in receiving yards. And both of those guys also lead in rushing touchdowns and receiving touchdowns. That's cute. Look, starting positives, right? And depending on which website you look at, like I use Football Outsiders and NCAA Stats website for this Outline, both of them had different stats. But depending on where you look, Ohio State's offense is first in the country in yards per play on offense. Averaging 7.2 yards per play. Right? That is just ahead of Tennessee who had 7.1 yards per play. And we know how that went. Fantastic. 
Yeah. So the biggest thing that concerns me about Ohio State's offense is their ability to pass the ball downfield in different ways than Al- or than Tennessee, right? Because Tennessee, Jalen Hyatt pretty much runs go routes or post routes. Yeah. Like you're not going to see Jalen Hyatt doing much else. It His whole thing is he is going to run faster than you. That's pretty yeah. much how Jalen Hyatt gets plays. Nothing against him because that works in the NFL. Look at Tyreek Hill. But Ohio State has two big physical receivers that turn 50-50 balls into 60-40 balls. Yeah. And we've seen the struggles this year with Keely Ringo not necessarily playing the ball well in the air. So I'm kind of expecting Kamari Lasser to be on Marvin Harrison all day with probably some safety help. Obviously, they're going to have safety help. Like they're, they, you cannot not have safety help with this team. Yeah, no, hundred percent. Um, but flip side of that coin, we're going to talk about the run game a little bit. Ohio State's offensive line is very good at run blocking. Right there with Georgia and Michigan at run blocking, and almost in every statistical category, they are within one or two spots of Georgia and Michigan and run blocking. They fall off a little bit when it comes to pass blocking, not by a significant margin. But my concern is that Chaz Chambliss' aggressiveness, where he almost tries to bull rush every play, yeah. is going to leave a running lane for CJ Shroud to escape. But so. I was listening to the late show with um, or late kick with uh, Josh Pate, and he made a or has some really good points on CJ Stroud. He's he will run if he has to, but he if he sees a lane, he won't take it unless he like one hundred percent absolutely has to. He'll go through the lane to try to pass the ball. Yes, but he will not run. He is yeah, he'll get runner. sacked from behind before he crosses the line of scrimmage. Yeah, he, he is not a runner. And I think that is ultimately what is going to hinder this offense against this Georgia defense is him not being willing enough to, like Josh Payne said, go over that cliff. Yeah, no, I, I agree. My, my concern, like I said, is just that Chas Chambliss' aggressiveness. And, I mean, honestly, the dude's a physical freak. Like, yeah. if he could rein it in, if he could rein in his aggressiveness and his eagerness to make a play yeah, to just containment and then rushing the passer when he's supposed to, he'd be a, he would be a first-round pick. Yeah. Like, and he is an athletic freak. I think he'll be fine because when he comes in, I feel like he's out to prove a point. Which can hurt you at times. Yes, but now I feel like because this is his position now. Like, yeah. no one got hurt. Like, this is him. Like, he, he doesn't yeah. need to put the point anymore. Like, this is him. Like, like, dude, this is your chance. Like, not even your chance. Like, this is your time. Like, yeah, do it. 
But I do think Jalen Walker is going to play a big role in this because Jalen Walker, while he plays outside linebacker as well, he also does a lot of – he's better at covering in space. Yeah. So you can put Jalen Walker on Mayan Williams, who they rarely throw the ball to, but if they do try to run a route with him, Jalen Walker is going to have the speed and physicality to keep up with him. Yeah. Um. I don't think Ohio State will have a ton of success running the ball between the tackles because, A, they don't really try to. They're almost all outside zone, stretch, whatever you call it. Um, But that's pretty much all they do. And not only that, but their offense is very predictable. They run something like 80% of their plays out of the shotgun formation. Hmm. Sounds like another team we played. And when they're under center – it's something like almost 90% of the times they're under center, they're running the ball and mm. not with CJ Stroud. Mm. And then it's something like 85% of the time when they're in pistol, it's a play action pass. Mm. So I, their offense is fairly predictable, which I think could be a benefit. But also if we see that, Kirby Smart and company see that, yeah. And Ohio State could definitely change it up, have some counters to those plays, have some audibles off of them when they see something on the defense that they like to do something else with. But predictability on offense will absolutely kill you. Yeah, and I don't think Ryan Day is that good of a coach to hinder and realize that, if that, if that makes sense. Yeah, man, there's a lot of Ohio State fans that want Ryan Day fired. Yeah, like, honestly, I think Ryan Day has kind of wrote, written the coattails of Urban a little bit, yeah. I can say. Yeah. Because, I mean, who did, who is a big-name recruit that he's had come in? Like, Ryan Day? Had, yeah, like, he had Justin Phillips transfer from Georgia, but. I mean, they have great wide receivers. Like, they've gotten – they've – for the last two years before this 2023 class, they had the number one wide receiver in the country come in 2021 and 2022. Okay, but other, but what has he done with them? Um, Lost to Michigan. Like, I'm telling you, Ryan Day, if they lose this game on Saturday, Ryan, I feel like Ryan Day needs to, needs to be careful because he is one in three in the playoffs. As the Ohio State coach. And the so, one time that they did win a playoff game was 2020 when they shouldn't have even made the playoffs because they played half of the season. Yeah, so he bet, like, if they don't win this game on Saturday, his seat is going to be very, very warm. That'll, that will definitely be interesting to see what they do with that if Ohio State loses this game. So I, I do want to talk about a little bit of size difference between Ohio State and Michigan, right? Okay. So they had they had decent success stopping Michigan's pass rush. They had decent success running the ball against Michigan. Michigan's defensive tackle tackle is 6'3", 285. Right? Jalen Carter, who, you know, as a defensive tackle, some say he's good at football. Um, Jalen Carter is 300 pounds. 
That is 15 pounds more, but he is not only faster, he is stronger, he is more aggressive. It, the play the play scene around the world, he literally picked up Jaden Daniels and put a one in the air and then set him back down. Like Jalen Carter, I truly think, one, is not human. But two, I think that he is going to when he's finally healthy, play a huge factor in this game. Yeah. No, for sure. And not only just at the defensive line, but you want to talk about the front seven as a whole. Georgia has the most elite group of inside linebackers and safeties that Ohio State will have played against this season. Yeah. I I truly don't even think that's a question. No. And Ohio State throws a ton of screen passes, right? Which, I mean, that has hurt us this season. Do what? That has hurt us this season. Yeah, but they love to throw wide receiver bubble screens. Um, And their other wide receivers do not block well. Like most of Michigan's tackle for tackles for loss were on bubble screens. Yeah. And if you're telling me that Christopher Smith is not going to be a heat seeking missile. Yeah. I, I, you guys know Georgia defensive backs love to hit and hit hard. Like you don't, you don't just bounce up after taking a hit from Christopher Smith or Malachi Starks, or Kamari Lasseter, or Javon Bullard. Like, no, one of your linemen comes over there and picks you up by the shoulder pads and says, we can't afford to use a timeout right now. Get the fuck up. I think this whole Georgia team is going to play like heat seeking missiles because they've been the most disrespected defending – you know what? I'm not even going to use the word defending because you can't take that away from them. They're not defending shit. You can't take the 2021 title from them. Raining reigning national champions that we've seen since I can remember. I don't ever remember a national champion being this disrespected all season. And now, and not that, only this disrespected as the reigning national champion, but they've been number one for most of the season. Yeah. I guarantee you, we've heard it from every time we've heard Kirby Smart talk since Selection Sunday. This team has a chip on their shoulder because, and I guarantee you it's gotten worse because these kids watch bowl games. Like, they're going to watch the kid they played with in high school at Eastern Washington play his bowl game. Yeah. And then on the halftime show, they heard those ESPN talking heads talk about, Ohio State has a chip on their shoulder. They're coming in. They're dangerous. They're going to win this game. I don't know what fucking chip they have on their shoulder. What, that they didn't play in their fucking conference championship game? They got embarrassed at home by their rival? Yeah, like, what chip do they have on their fucking shoulder? Yeah, I don't... And Ohio State's offensive struggles this season have come when you force C.J. Stroud into mistakes. He's a rhythm quarterback. He's a good quarterback, don't get me wrong. He has downfield accuracy like... I. 
very rarely, you very rarely see the downfield accuracy that CJ Stroud has when he has a clean pocket. But there's another time we heard that same statement this season. It was talking about Hendon Hooker. But it was raining. And, uh, do what? It was raining. Okay. Oh, okay. But what about for the first three quarters when they had like four or five sacks? Sanford was very loud. Okay. Oh, okay. Right, right, right. And then the field goal posts were narrower, right? Yeah, exactly. And they, and oh, you can't forget that the grounds crew cut the grass where it wasn't short enough. <laughs> and exactly. If you different. guys, if you guys don't know, these are all legitimate excuses that Tennessee <laughs> fans have used. Like this isn't coming out of nowhere. These are excuses we've seen from Tennessee fans on social media. And. It's Mercedes-Benz, okay? Georgia shouldn't be playing a home game in the playoffs, okay? Right, 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 right. Um, you get to choose when you're number one, Ohio State. I know you've never had that before in the playoff. But that's your luxury when you actually win your conference, first off, or make it to your conference championship, second off, or don't lose by 20 points to your rival at home. It's crazy. Crazy. Yeah, you, you kind of get some things given to you when you earn those things. But speaking of CJ Stroud, I have some numbers here. All right. That I feel like it impacted this game. That's just me. So third down percentage. All right. I feel third down is going to be a huge percent of this game. It's going to be yep. a huge point in this game. Georgia's ranked fifth on offense in third down percentage. Ohio State's ranked 21st. Oh. Yeah, their defense, like third down percent on defense, Georgia's ranked third on third down percent percentage on defense. Ohio State's ranked 13th. Oh. Yeah, on defense. Like, third down is going to be a huge down in this game. And, and to mean, not be down, too disrespectful, their rankings would be great if they weren't playing somebody in top five in both those categories. Yeah. So, and then going down another – I think first down is going to be huge as well. Because first down sets the tone for the rest of the drive. Yeah. So, on first down offense, Georgia's ranked seventh. Okay. Surprisingly, first down offense, Ohio State's ranked 26th on their first downs. So, is second down their money down? Like, I don't understand. I guess. I don't, I don't know. Or is it's, it just because they're playing against shit teams where they can get a lot of points? Exactly. The only thing that scares me is our first down defense is ranked 15th. Their first down defense is ranked 4th. So something's going to have to give in this game. Yeah. And yeah. I feel like first down, first and third down are huge on what the outcome of this game is going to be. I agree. And I think, you know, we may we may go over like our individual keys to success here in a minute, but I think we can go ahead and get to that, kind of throwing it on you here. I think the biggest key for Georgia is that they got healthy. Yeah. Like, it, same thing happened last year. Like, other teams were getting hurt at the end of the season. Georgia got healthy because the guys that got hurt got hurt early. And then you give – one of the best, if not the best staff in America, coaching and strength and conditioning and recovery-wise a month 
to get these guys back right. Yeah. Like, I had Georgia getting healthy when other teams are getting hurt is a massive, massive thing about this. Yeah. And if you've got something on top of your head, you can go ahead and do that while I'm looking something up. Yeah, no, I think one main key to this game, like you said, is people being healthy, but it's also going to be disrupting C.J. Shroud and disrupting those routes for the um, the wide receivers. You know, get man coverage. Fresh man, and I think stat-wise, I don't think he's going to have a day, but I think Jalen Carter is going to have a fucking day on this game. Stat-wise, no, but disrupting plays, disrupting C.J. Stroud's drop back, because he'll just straight bum-rush your fucking nose guard right into you as you're dropping back. He doesn't give yeah. a fuck. And I think yeah. he is going to play a huge factor in this game. And then press man, you know, like you said, having Kamari on uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. You know, even Ke- – I know Keeley likes to play off, you know, and catch back up, but you can't with this team. You have to just no. rub those wide receivers at the line of scrimmage. So I think another key – and, you know, we're actually somehow going complete opposite on these than what we normally do <laughs> – I think Stetson Bennett running the ball. They're going to yeah. give him opportunities with the aggression they play. I think that he is going to rush the ball well. Yeah. And I'm trying to find the props for his rushing total. Um, and no one's put him out yet. So, we'll put all that kind of stuff up on our social media later in the week. But I think that's going to be something that I'm definitely keeping an eye on is the player props going into this game. Yeah. I would love to see what Brock Bauer's rushing over under total is. Right. Oh, that's a good one. I didn't even, you don't even think about that, though. I mean, he Vegas did have- if Blake Quorum had a day rushing, it's like I think Brock's gonna like Brock's gonna have a day. So what do you think the total rushing yards for Georgia is? Oh team total? Team total. I'm gonna go with 175. God, that's what I was gonna say. <laughs> You know, we should do uh we should do social media polls through the week of like different props that we come up with like that. Let's do it. All right. So what do you think Ohio State's rushing total is? Eighty three. Ooh, I was gonna go one oh five. I don't man, I don't think not with these the size diff like I can say Jalen Carter's gonna have a fucking day, and our linebackers like I don't think so. Man. I'm gonna go with a, like 83. I don't see them getting over 100 yards. And you gotta think sacks count as um, rushing losses, and I see us getting a couple. Yeah, Stetson total yards, passing and rushing combined. 
183. Passing and rushing combined. I, I think he had about 140 passing. <sighs> no. I, I don't think they're going to rely on Stetson's arm as much as they are the run game, seeing what Michigan did against them. So I'm going to go with probably between like 180 and, and two, somewhere between there. I was going to say between 270 and three. Really? Oh, yeah. So my prediction is Stetson has over 30 yards on the ground. Okay. So I think he has over 30 yards on the ground. And there, I just don't see Ohio State's defense being able to – let me figure out how exactly I want to word this. Yeah. I don't see them being able to stop the run game enough to not have to bring safeties down to help. And I don't see them being able to stop the pass game enough to not need those safeties. Yeah. So they've see, got I, to choose one. I was in the same boat. With Stetson running. I had him about like 40, 40, or 40, 45 yards rushing, and then about 140, 145 passing. Because I don't think they're going to rely on his arm as much as people may think. Watch I, how. I don't necessarily disagree with you, but watch that Michigan game. Yeah. It wasn't like J.J. McCarthy was throwing 70 yard bombs, he was throwing 40 yard, 20, 30, 40 yard passes where the Ohio State guy just couldn't tackle. Yeah, they're just taking it to the house. Taking it to the house. Yeah. I don't know. That, that's and a good one. And screens count for passing yards. That's a good That's a good one. All right. Do you have anything else on Ohio State's offense? No. All right. I think we're going to close it out here after we're picking the spread, the over-under, money line. We got to. We got to. All right, so let's get the most up-to-date spread on this Still game. Still six and a half. It hasn't moved. All right, so we got Georgia favored by six and a half with the over-under at 62. So that means Vegas thinks Georgia's going to give up a lot of points here. I like the spread. I like Georgia minus six and a half, but I like Ohio or, and I like the under. I agree. I, I mean, mean even Georgia, last year, that utter domination in Miami, it didn't hit the over. Yeah, I think I think Georgia wins by 10, 10, 13, somewhere around there, and the under hits. Yeah, I'm going to say – I'm going to say 3117. I'm going to say 3117, dogs on top. Dogs Hits on the top. under. Georgia covers the spread. 3318. Do what? 3318. That is such an odd football score. <laughs> 11 field goals and six field goals. Jesus. But, uh, but I think Georgia wins by 10, 10, 13, and the under hits. Do you have a score prediction for a graphic? 
Oh, God. I'm going to go 31-21. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So we're, we're real close. We're real close. <laughs> All right, guys. I think it's going to do it for us on this college football playoff, Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl, George versus Ohio State preview. I added as many words into that because that's what all the other bowls seem to do. <laughs> um, As always, Instagram, nothing.finer.pod. Twitter is at finerpod. Facebook group, just search Nothing Finer Podcast on Facebook. The YouTube is Nothing Finer Podcast. Make sure it's got our logo. Um, we still do have the email up, nothingfinerpod at gmail.com. For anyone that listens to this and may not use social media, if you want to get in touch with us, that's where to do it. The ASW giveaway. All you have to do, follow our page, follow ASW Distillery, tag people, tag your friends. For every person you tag, you get an entry as long as you're following both us and ASW. You have to follow both. You have to follow both. And we've gotten a lot of interaction with this one. So, you know, the more people that keep doing the giveaway, the cooler stuff we're going to get. We're trying to give y'all free shit. We're trying to give you free shit. We're trying to give you cool shit. Cool free shit. But cool free shit. You've just got to help us out. Because you guys know, the those of you that have been with us since the beginning, you know, we've been at this shit since July 19th. Damn. And it is December 26th. So we have not been doing it for very long. We love and appreciate all of the support that we've gotten from you guys so far. But if you want to help us grow, help us do cool stuff next year, um, I know for me personally, I am trying to get a... Uh, I'm working on trying to get an SEC Media Days pass. So, nice. man, I, bro, I will go in there with a nothing finer podcast polo and I'll be like, hey, Lane, how many beers do you think you shotgun? <laughs> <laughs> what, what was better, um, Kappa Kappa Gamma or Tridel? Bro, you'd be kicked out so fast. I would make it so worth it. <laughs> Ask Nick Saban. Jesus. I'm you going. Never it's fine. It's fine. God damn. Oh. Anyways. Always remember, guys, there's nothing finer in the land. <laughs> in a drunk, obnoxious Georgia fan. Biggest third down. Bryce Young's career. You need 10. Play clock at four. From the pocket. Launching downfield. Underthrown and intercepted. Keely Ringo has an escort down the sidelines. All the way to the end zone. And Georgia is going to conquer the Crimson Tide. <laughs>